e ngā mana e ngā reo, e ngā kārangaranga maha huri noa i te ao, naumai haramai ki te pai o te Wānui. An insight into Māori news this past week here on RNZ National. Ko Justin Murray, ahau. A slight change in today's programme. Instead, a feature piece about one of the finalists in this year's Ahu Whenua Trophy Excellence in Horticulture Award. The Ahu Whenua Awards goes back to 1933 and was the brainchild of Ta Apirana Ngata and the former Governor-General Lord Bledisloe. Today, Māori agribusiness accounts for billions of dollars annually in the country's economy, from sheep and beef farming, dairy farming and horticulture. The three finalists in this year's competition is Whiritoa Orchards in Teteko, Weepere Trust in Gisborne and Naitu Kairangi Trust in Matapihi near Mount Maunganui. Naitu Kairangi Orchards was established thanks to the foresight of Komatua who lived at Matapihi in the early 1980s. The increased land development and urban sprawl prompted the late Tūrirangi Tekani to discuss with shareholders the idea of forming a trust. Back in 2020, I sat down with Chairman Ratahi Cross, who looks back on those formative years. It has a 40-year history. Probably the first 10 years wasn't that good. It's probably more hilarious than the first 10 years. But when we first set up the orchard, it was um, uh, by our papa, Tūrirangi Tikani. He had a a little bit of an epiphany when they... um, converted Māori land over at, at uh, Maungatapu and, uh, and it became available for sale. A lot of Māori sold their land across there and, uh, and, and a lot of families lost it to urbanisation. And so, so our crower decided to have a chat with his cousins across here with, uh, with Machu Dixon and uh, quite a few others, uh, Bill Orr here, uh, and they decided that it, it might be better and prudent for our hapu over here to bring their lands together to save, to save it from urban sprawl. And, um, and so they brought about uh, just under half of the peninsula together, which is quite amazing. That is quite amazing. And, um, and so these blocks came together and formed that first entity uh, back in uh, oh, about 40 years ago. Uh, but the funny thing about uh, this particular entity was that we started out market gardening, Market gardening. Market gardening. So we grew vegetables and, and all of that sort of thing. We were going to make lots and lots of money on vegetables. But you know, the marae has a hui hui, out comes the veggies. So-and-so's father is hungry, so they climbed the fence and helped themselves to the veggies. We ate our profit. Yeah, was it? I've read somewhere that did you grow orange trees and yeah, people just kept on picking oranges. And everybody just kept picking oranges <laughs> and we grew um, babacos and cabbages and all sorts of things. We did very well. The families had a beautiful malakai. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, the, yeah, so the business end of it didn't do so well. It wasn't, were, it yeah. didn't do so well at all. And, and leading into kiwi fruit, which is what we decided to yes. do, um, and, and a, a few avocados as well. Um, we struck it at a time when um, the Māori land scheme was brought into, into play, mm-hmm. and so we were able to take advantage of the Māori land scheme to 
uh, to go into Kiriford. Unfortunately, uh, we didn't do very well then either. We weren't very good managers. Of, and, and that's because we just didn't understand the fruit. So it took us a while to do that. And, and you know, I'm just, I'll give a plug here for, uh, for Winston. He was the Minister of Māori Affairs for National at that time. And he came to, to, uh, to uh, Tauranga Mona. And for those of us that were horticultural growers in Kiriford, he forgave all our land scheme debts. And, uh, and that was an amazing thing. We, we wouldn't be the mega entity we are today if it had not been for Winston. And at that time, his CEO, which was Willa Gardner, and their forgiving of our debt. And the trust's shareholders, they bought into the vision that the orchard would one day be successful. Our owners, our, our, um, our nannies, our, our papas, uh, they forgave all, all um, dividends. You know, they said, this has got to succeed. 20 years is a long time to give your land over to an entity on a dream of a little fuzzy furry thing. You know, and, <laughs> and, and so, so yeah, it took about 20 years for us to even establish ourselves as good growers. We still yeah. had debt to pay, lots of debt. Um, the, probably, if we can say in all fairness, the returns back to the owners has been in probably the last 14 years. Which have been, and they've been great returns back to our owners. I think the, the, the best thing that we've been able to, to target is the ability to shift the opportunities for our, our families to get grants to better themselves, education grants, community grants, cultural grants. Uh, we've just, you name it, we've just about got a grant for everything. But it's, it's having together, having several thousand of, of our people um, take a benefit from one grant or another. You know, we've, we've had some, some kids that have gone on to be national reps in sport and it's because we've been able to give them a really good grant. And the grants have been really decent, mm. really decent mm. grants. Um, uh, and I can talk about politics again. We had a couple of, uh, of MPs who have been beneficiaries of our grants, um, Tamati Coffee, Fletcher Tabato. So they've all had, uh, had um, great success of having their education at university paid for mm. by this trust. But it's, it's not restricted. You know, this is the one thing about our education grants. They're not restricted to tertiary. They're for any type of, of, um, of education discovery journey you want to go on. Located in Matapihi, along the Waipu Peninsula in Tauranga, the Fano Trust is a few hundred metres from two marae, a kohangareo, a school and its residents. According to the 2018 census, there's over 700 people that live in Matapihi. There's eight land blocks and, um, and the 36 hectares of gold was quite one of the largest gold orchards in the country at that time. And, uh, and we've, we've since... Uh, you know, brought on Hawke's Bay, which is another 64 hectares of gold, just, yes. just gold license, uh, which has just made our... Um, our Doubled your... <laughs> uh, it's trebled our income, which has made us... Uh, it's given us the ability to distribute uh, some very good dividends and some very good grant programmes to, to our hapu. Six years ago, the Trust decided to extend its portfolio and bought kiwi fruit orchards in Hastings. The, 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 the orchard down there is actually five orchards. So orchard number one has got the right conditions for us to experiment at, um, at uh, converting to, to, um, to organic gold. Uh, we don't require 
but we don't require many of the chemicals that you need to get rid of to become organic. So and probably the, the worst one, and, and it is a terrible chemical, but it is necessary in the industry, is, is a, a chemical called high cane. We don't use it already down in the Hawke's Bay anyway. We never ever have on our orchards. So it gives us a good uh, impetus to, to, to develop organic mm. down there. And, um, and if, we, if it works okay, I've, I've got, and along with our board, we've got, uh, we're pretty convinced that we could, we could take that whole orchard into organic. But we're a very careful, cagey bunch of trustees. We, just, we like to trial things, see how they go, yeah. have another crack at it and see how it goes. And, and once we know them, we, we immediately jump. We make this massive, huge jump, uh, very similar to uh, deciding to buy the orchard down in Hawke's Bay. That was quite an event in itself. That orchard was the largest Māori land purchase that was a $40 million purchase and, you know, pretty scared when you make that kind of a jump. But, but once we decided to, we, uh, we did. We were not the highest bidders for that orchard. There were two higher than us. But what happened was we went as a hapu family concept and the family that owned it, the Ericsons, um, John Ericsson's mum, who was a half-owner of the business, she liked the family concept, so she chose us. Yeah, and we were considerably lower than the other two bidders. In 2020, the Trust was a first-time finalist in the Ahu Whenua Awards. They hosted their field days and officially opened the RSE accommodation units. Ratahi Cross, the chair of Naitukarangi Trust, explains the significance of the name Tero Mahara, which goes back to a mobile canteen truck used during the North African and Italian campaigns during World War II. Uh, Mahara being memory and memory of Te Aroha, the, the food truck. Now, now a, a lot of our, our tūpuna were, were soldiers in the 2A Battalion, but this not only that, a lot of our tūpuna were also the people that fundraised for the truck. And so it had a, a dual value to us. It was, wow, they fundraised for yeah, the actual truck. For the actual truck. So the truck was actually bought by Māori for the battalion and uh, and shipped across to the to um, to the desert campaign at that time and um, and then on to Europe. Um, so what we what actually triggered it off was I had a very old photo that's really fading it and it's a photo of our founding chairman Tūrirangi Takani standing next to the truck when it arrived in Africa. And wow. um, and so he was one of the first recipients of kai from from our people. And so we thought that the significance of that was that truck went across the world to feed our soldiers, and then our soldiers came home and grew a crop called kiwi fruit, um, but particularly papaturi, um, called kiwi fruit, which goes out to the world and feeds the world. So it's a bit of a reversal. Oh my gosh, it's like full circle. Yeah, you know that moment. A great moment. Yeah, hey? yeah. And then and then we we house people from the world in there as well. So it kind of has a really lovely feel to that kind of that kind of um uh, How does that sort of day-to-day operation look like um on site? So so you you get several several um layers of work mm-hmm. and so we have a a permanent staff of about 
28 here, which is a very large staff. And, but it can fluctuate up to contractors, being 170 to 200 contractors here in the season. And you could get roughly the same, maybe a little bit less, probably about 150 ahead to do the pruning during winter. Um, what we're looking to do is create a seasonal workforce I don't like the word seasonal, but a, a workforce that can actually encompass both those periods of time. Right. So that instead of being a, a three to four month worker, you're actually a nine month worker. Mm. And nine months is almost a full year. We're part of the RSC program, so we look to target our Pacific cousins as, as part of that whaka whanonga tanga, mō te, 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 uh, te mona nui akiwa. So being able to, um, to profit from, uh, for both us and our, our Pacific cousins, to profit from the work. Um, and so we've made a relationship with a village in Fiji, and, um, and that... It's going really well, but COVID, of course, has come in and, and held us up. But the, the, the facility's got... It's, it's a full house now at the moment with the Solomon Islanders, um, and they've, they've been... You know, these guys walked in there, and they, they thought, oh, um, where are we staying? You guys are staying here. So, so the facility, there's a certain criteria that um, MBIE require... We, we decided to raise that bar a little bit more, a little, little higher. We took it up a couple of steps because we, 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 we understand, you know, it's, it's really not about the money in, this, in, in um, itinerant workers that upsets them the most. It's being away from home and being in uncomfortable living conditions. Loneliness is a big drag on worker morale, and performance, and so what we do is we try to compensate by giving them an absolutely beautiful, warm, dry, up-to-date living conditions uh, with all the things that we can, um, like Wi-Fi, computer workstations where they can make contact with their families at home. Nice. Um, it's the best we can do in a difficult situation for itinerant workers. Um, so and that's taken in a case that we might end up employing um, employing people from outside of this immediate row here, from, from say, Eastern Bay of Plenty, from Tuhoi and, and Whānau Apanui, and encouraging them to come. There's work here. You've got a place to stay. On the 28th of February 2020, the first case of COVID-19 was reported in Aotearoa. And less than four weeks later, the then Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern issued a nationwide alert for self-isolation period. The impact of COVID-19 on the Naitu Karangi orchard was unprecedented, as Ratahi explains. We didn't know what to do, so we employed, and I think we're, we're the only ones in the industry, we actually employed a COVID manager. So we brought um, uh, Mihi Keitangata and, and employed her to do that job. And her job was solely to inform the Matapihi community of any changes in COVID at all. So she would gather it from online, from media releases, yes. and she would make sure it got out to our people, um, which, which I think was really, really important because, because we didn't know what we were dealing with. Being informed every day was really important for us. Um, and then we, we decided to, to take our role as being good employers. Uh, we had already set a budget aside for pay, so why skimp? Why skimp when somebody's worried? Kia ora, Ratahi Cross, Chairman of Naitu Karangi Trust in Matapihi. That was my sit-down chat recorded in 2020. 
Well, three years later, and for the second time, the Trust is a finalist at this year's Ahu Whenua Awards for Excellence in Horticulture. But this time round, it's bittersweet. On May the 18th, the trustees and shareholders headed to Hastings to not only showcase their work at their field days or open day, but to see for themselves the impact of Cyclone Gabriel. This is Deputy Chair Neil Tekani. It was really quite sad when we, when we went through the area. Uh, we saw the devastation, we saw the uprooted trees, we saw the silt that was there, we saw some of the debris that went through houses, upturned cars, trucks, bulldozers, the lot. Um, very, very sad and um, quite quite gut-wrenching, to be quite honest. How are the orchards themselves looking in terms of that of, of Cyclone Gabriel? Um, several degrees of um, uh, damage. We've, we've, we had, like you said, you know, um, we, we had 60 hectares in total um, at a cost of about $40 million. So that was one of the biggest purchases at the time of kiwi fruit orchards. Um, great area to grow. During the cyclone, we would have lost, and we're still counting the losses, but I would estimate we probably would have lost half of that. So quite a significant loss for us. As a trust, where to from now? I know that you've got um, you know, money set aside, there's a strategy in place. Can you share what that looks like? Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so with the leadership of the board, um, with the great uh, operational team that we've got at Night 2 Kaidangi, um, it's all hands on deck, basically. So we've set aside some money um, and, and we've got a, 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 a really robust strategy in place um, that's going to essentially see us mitigate um, our losses. Um, it's going to be over time, but we're committed to actually bringing back our orchards to full production again, uh, probably within the next three to five years. So it's it's going to cost quite a bit. Um, it does mean that we may have to curtail our dividends um, uh, to our shareholders, to our people. But um, uh, everyone's seen the devastation that uh, Cyclone Gabriel has caused. Um, it's probably no surprise that that will occur as well. Has the Trust taken advantage of uh, government assistance? I know that for a while there, there was you know, government help to um, you know, help out with um, you know, you know, some of the devastation there. Has that been part of the conversation as well? Absolutely, and we're really fortunate to have the likes of our chairman, Ratihi Cross, who's um, over all that uh, government um, discussions. You may have seen some of the articles in the paper and on television. He's been sitting close to the Prime Minister in terms of those discussions, uh, having those intimate one-on-ones um, to make sure that assistance, not only to our, our, our neighbourly um, apple orchards, but to our carry-free growers down there as well. So, yes, we've been right across that. Kia ora. So uh, Ngai Tukarangi Orchard Trust is, uh, of course, uh, is from Matapihi in uh, Tauranga, uh, an area near Mount Maunganui. But, of course, the trust has always acknowledged Ngāti Kahunganu because this orchard is outside of your rohe, it's outside of the area. So you always acknowledge them as the kaitiaki of this uh, whenua. So what's the relationship, I suppose, between here in Tauranga, Ngāi Tirangi and uh, Ngāti Kahunganu at that level? So to couple of parts of this. Um, whenever we do buy outside our rohe, we are very cognizant of the relationship that we have with the hukainga. 
Um, in this case, as you quite rightly mentioned, uh, Ngāti Kahunuru, Heretonga, um, we've recognised them as, as uh, the kaitaki of the area. When we went down there, they were very supportive of, of us buying it, knowing full well that at some stage what we'd like to do is return the land back to them in some form or another. They'll have to be on commercial terms, I would imagine, but um, they would probably um, have first rights. Um, in terms of the Ahuwhenua Day, they've been great hosts. Uh, we, we could not have asked for anything better. Kia ora. The Ahuwhenua Awards, the evening night, is scheduled to be held uh, 9th of June. How does it feel to not only show, obviously Field Days is about showcasing the positives, but also not only yourselves, but We Pere Trust and Te, Rai, te Tai Rafati, that, that part of the area was affected by Cyclone Gabriel. Is it, is it bittersweet in a way, or no, you're just looking at the positives? As Māori, we take a long-term view. So whilst it was devastating, um, you know, it, for, to us, because we do take that long-term view, it was, it was more blip. So that, 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 that's how we see it. Um, in terms of the Yahoo Whenua Awards itself, you know, we're so fortunate to be in the company of, of, of two, two great orchards. You know, we paid a trust from the data, as you quite rightly mentioned. And the other one is Māori Investment Limited, Investments Limited, uh, and Natiawa out at Edgecombe Way. You know, both have really great attributes and deserve to be there. So we're in great company. We hope we win. Um, but, you know, we are in really good company. Tēnā koe, Neil Tikani, the Deputy Chair of the Naitū Kairangi Trust. Koe nā te pai o te wao nui mo wā. You can find this week's Māori News Stories on our website, rnz.co.nz, under the Te Ao Māori section. But for now, thanks for joining me. Ko Justin Murray aho, noho ora mai.